Uh, so another thing, I had um, I got the interns together, and we were pouring over some analytics and reviewing some things. And while our numbers look good, we, we got a solid start here, Mike. We're off to a great start. Uh, we did start talking about we need a little bit more engagement in the in the the young folk, the summer interns were talking about um, maybe getting a conversation going with the fans. Uh, so, you know, they should hop over to the Instagram page, follow us at cool underscore dad underscore shirt, leave us a DM, tell us something funny, give us a story, or maybe even some hate mail. We would love all of it. Nice plug, Rich. <laughs> so those, no, that's awesome. th- those are the two things I wrote down for tonight. Oh, nice. You got notes. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not a bulletin. Well, that's it. All right. (laughs) So now that you're finished with your list, Rich. All right, carry the show, buddy. Welcome to this episode of the Cool Dad Shirt Podcast. No, because I said, I said, I lost everything after you said, I want to talk about cassettes. Yeah. And I thought you you said, I want to talk about cassettes (laughs) because I want to talk about them too. I was thinking how amazing we both took the same show note. That would be highly unlikely, but no, the cassettes are all yours, so why don't you yeah. jump back in? Yeah, I was just saying how I really do miss the cassette tape. I spent tons of time you know, recording mixtapes for friends, for myself. I really enjoyed that sharing aspect of it. You know, you can even decorate the case. You wrote down the songs uh, and it became very tangible and very personal. And while you can make playlists and share them digitally, I just find that it sort of loses that personal connection. It really took some time to put it together. You really made sure it was well thought out. You planned the order in which you were going to record the audio. You had it planned the duration of the audio to fit properly on, on each side. And there was a lot that went into it and I felt like when you gave it to somebody not that they would be forced to listen to whatever song comes next but you know they would listen to it more as a collection of songs well I completely agree and the standard operating procedure before we get to the mixtape was exactly what you said I would you know for a while there you would go out and buy vinyl and I would keep it in pristine condition it would be played one time and immediately (laughs) transferred to cassette and so I would have, you know, this pristine record with the giant album cover with the, you know, the, all the artwork that goes along with that and just kept safely away. And then uh, the convenience of the cassette, um, whether it was just playing around the house in a boom box or in your car at the time was super easy. But you're exactly right. I just, I'm just going to agree with what you said about the mixtape, <laughs> the craft that you put into it, the, the time and the effort. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit more like a gift, you know, the way you wrote things down, you good time to use good penmanship or maybe a decorated of some sort. And uh, it's way better than just clicking the button share for a millisecond. Yep. Um, same here. I, I would get the album, play it once. So, so gingerly I would place it on the turntable, play it once and record it to a cassette. And then same thing, put it away. Let me ask you when you put the album away inside the album jacket, there was always that little paper sleeve, right? Mm-hmm. I would always put the album in the paper sleeve and then put the paper sleeve so the opening was up in the album, of preventing course. the album from unfortunately maybe sliding out if you tilted if you tilted yeah. the jacket downward, right? Yeah, we're not barbarians. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you gotta lock it in there with some geometry, of course. I was I was always like horrified by the fact that people would just slide it in there. Maybe it was in front of the paper. Maybe maybe it made it in the paper. Who knows? But they didn't care. They would slide <laughs> it in there and just whip that thing back on the shelf. 
Yeah, they turn around, it rolls out across the floor. There's, of course, there's fingerprints all over it because the person who doesn't put it in that way is definitely putting their fingerprints all over the tracks, yes. They're completely manhandling the vinyls. <laughs> it actually hurt my soul. Kids are having snacks, popcorn. Their greasy hands are all, all over the grooves. What's this, chocolate cheese? I do miss the cassette. I, I wish they didn't go away. <laughs> And then when you had to snug it up, remember if it got a little loose, you'd stick a pencil in there and you would just give it a little twirl as a really efficient way to, to snug up the tension? Of course, you tighten that thing back up. I loved it. And what was also nice was the portability of them too, right? The Walkman, amazing invention, right? I mean, it was, it was the epitome of the 80s, portable music uh, that you could take with you and listen. It was a game changer for, for kids and teenagers. Having those cassettes, being able to, to just carry them around and, and you could fit a fair amount of music on them. You know, those the standard 90-minute cassette packed a lot of music. And, you know, uh, yes, that was, um, that was life-changing is not an overstatement. But you just triggered my memory about, um, oh, we're going to go down this whole. So do you remember, Memorex had the coolest commercial for a while about their high fidelity. And you'll rec- do you remember the, the ad with the, the opera woman singing? Yeah. Of course. It, it was so accurately reproduced that she could shatter glass. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the standard in cassette commercials until what came next? Remember the, what was a super cool uh, next thing? Remember Maxell? Yeah, Maxell. Yeah. Do, do you remember the ad they had? I don't think I remember the Maxell, right? Oh, uh, Memor- you're going to. Memorex was, is it live or is it Memorex? Yep. And uh, Maxell I- had that guy sitting in a chair with sunglasses on. Oh, yeah, with this hair. I, for a second, I thought that was Memorex. Yeah, but he was in the chair with his arms on the arms of the chair, and his hair was yep. all blown back, right? Yeah, I, if, I hope I'm getting the brand right. I think it's Maxell, right? And uh, that just beca- that replaced the, the, the coolness of the high-fidelity cassette in marketing. I thought that was great. I'm looking it up right now because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> Let's get it right. Maxell cassette. We're fact-checking ad. ourselves, folks. We are, absolutely. Oh yeah, you got it. Maxell tape ad from the 1980s. The guy and in the chair. And it was two things. There was a cool there was a cool picture of the guy in the chair, but if you remember the music was so loud, I think if I can remember this correctly, the martini glass is sliding across the table <laughs> into his hand. Right now they have the uh, there's a butler and he's got white gloves on and he's dropping the cassette into the cassette deck. <laughs> he just turned it on and uh the listener's hair is blowing and he has a tie on that's blowing behind his head and the martini glass is sliding off the speaker and he catches it just before it falls. And the lampshade is completely blowing. What year is that? That is permanently burned into my brain. What year was that? Can you tell? Let's see. What year? Completely fact-checking ourselves. What year? Yeah, it says 1980. 1980. That was just iconic yep that was when the uh, advertising agency scally mccabe oh is it uh, they credit yes. the agency cool yeah it was art it was art. It, it wasn't just an ad it was very i think um i remember in college uh have people with the actual poster it was so cool yeah people did have that poster the other big cassette right was tdk so there was memorex oh, maxell right. and then tdks were pretty popular Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Jeez, now I'm stuck on that. <laughs> I want to bounce back to the Walkman. Uh, do you recall getting your first Walkman? And if so, do you remember what it was? Uh, when it was? 
or what it was. Was it that, you know, legendary Sony Walkman that came out? Did you have something else? I think it was the classic, uh, the classic Sony Walkman with that wire bar and the big poofy uh, foam uh, earmuffs that they had. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but it was, I think, you know, it was the classic Walkman. I don't know if it was like the first iteration that possibly came out, but it was, uh, it was definitely one of the earlier ones. Yeah, I remember it had to be 80, 81 or 82, somewhere in there, because I remember, I remember not only getting the Walkman, I remember what I was listening to most on the Walkman. And I'll let you in on both of those. Oh, so yeah. I, I remember it was, it was the first or second version of the Sony Walkman. It was the little tiny one that was about as wide as a cassette. And then it had the little wire headphones with the orange foam on them. And I remember the first thing that I used to listen to on there. And again, bought the album and recorded it to a cassette. And you can laugh was Frankie Goes to Hollywood. And I remember listening to that endlessly in my Sony Walkman. <laughs> We're not going to hold that against you. Uh, it was very popular at the time, of course. I kind of um, myself. <laughs> well, oh, look at that. You know, it's funny. I just made reference to the movie Zoolander, and of course, they use the "Relax" from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. That song is pretty intense. It, it's a pretty great song, and what they did in the movie with it was spectacular. So I just—I don't know why I just jogged it out of my memory, but yeah, it was a pretty great album. That Frankie Goes to Hollywood album. I remember that there was there was probably I don't know a handful of hits on there, and, and the whole album played really well from top to bottom. Then remember the transition. We eventually moved to the Discman. And I remember the first iteration of that was was so skip prone. Do you remember you couldn't like even wave your hand near it without jumping all over the place? I, it was they definitely released that before the technology was ready to play uh, CDs in a portable format. Yeah, it was a bit short lived because the uh, the playback quality. I think they eventually figured out the technology to pre sample or something. I, I think they. I, I'm just making stuff up now. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, uh, no, they, they, I think you're right. figured it, They I figured out right. how to do it. And they mastered it and stuck them in cars, and uh, that was also great. Speaking of 80s stuff, somebody from work had a birthday party for their kids, and they had a bunch of little leftover party favors. So they brought them to work, uh, which was nice. They said, you know, anybody that has some kids, here's all the extra party favors. You know, feel free to take them and bring them home. It got me thinking about what the awesome party favors were when we were kids, and the one that immediately came to mind, and there's some others, maybe uh, maybe you'll recall some also, but I remember if you went to a party and the party favors that they gave included one of two things, one being army men or two being those people that had those parachutes, those were like oh, yeah. the best party favors I remember. Those guys with the parachutes, I was so excited to get those. Yeah, I don't know. It was so simple, but you were psyched and you were running to the nearest high place that you could dangerously throw those babies into the air. Only to have them tangled in a tree four seconds later, never to be seen again, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was it was literally a five minute toy because the string would become so entangled it was completely unoperational. But for the first five or six minutes, man, that was the highlight of the week. Hey, speaking of army men, I this you jogged my memory with something else. Uh the aforementioned friend uh, Lance, my high school buddy, one of my closest friends growing up, we would do. We were way into sledding. We just had these plastic sleds, and we would take these things everywhere and beat the crap out of them. And whenever we would get a tear in them, we found out that you can melt the army men down, and it works like weld. 
we we were actually welding these these rips in the bottom of our plastic sleds with so you'd have the like ar- this bro- the green <laughs> yeah. so it was the red sled with the green army man exactly it, it worked for about two days and then it just shredded into another million pieces but there was something so awesome to do a repair like that on your on your gear you know <laughs> so you guys had your own sled mod shop <laughs> it was yes you had kids in the neighborhood, you know, dropping their sleds off. They're like, you think I can get it by Tuesday? There's a storm coming. You're like, well, you know, we'll see. You know, we got a couple sleds ahead of you. We'll try to get you in. Steve's got, he wants flames on the side. You know, that's a, that's, that's a whole another ordeal we're looking into right now. Yeah. You guys are all woozy and, and nauseous from inhaling all the plastic fumes. <laughs> oh yeah and probably injured a few times too i think you got two guys in the back melting them down and uh one guy up front you know gluing them together i need more acetylene hey why are all these kids lining up in the backyard <laughs> uh, my nephew was really into those army men too man he would stay busy for hours upon hours you're listening to the cool dad shirt podcast with rich and mike be sure to follow us on instagram where you can post a comment or dm us a question thanks for listening I sometimes wonder if we sort of pass the threshold of too much information, how it all gets processed and distilled and how we're digesting it. And more importantly, how is this affecting the kids? I mean, if it's affecting them at all. Yeah. And I think like, like most things, um, all of the above is true. The, the access to information is better. The ability to clarify, check and, you know, get information is better. Uh, but it comes at a cost for sure. The distractions are not good. I, you know, since starting this podcast, I'm a little obsessed with checking our numbers all the time. <laughs> My screen time has gone way up. Uh, not good, not good. So I will tell you this, the, the place where I work, where I go hours with no access to my cell phone, um, I'm here to tell you it's good for you. Seriously. Like a lot of stuff leaves your brain. You can focus better. The distractions are gone. And it's uh, you definitely notice the time when you're not around your phone. So it definitely has an impact. Now, here we are grown men, of course. Um, you can see what it does to kids. And I think the, I just read something recently about the, the damaging effects of the location things that are on, where things like Snapchat, you can put your, your location on the map, and there's an implied peer pressure with kids to have that turned on, and you don't want to be left out. But what happens is, inevitably a couple friends get together and you're not invited and you just get to sit there in real time and watch other people doing things without you and the hugely damaging effects that come into wallowing on that, you know, all the insecurities that come along in adolescence, you know, it's an addiction just like anything else. When you, when you really roll down the sweets that you eat, you kind of don't want the sweets as much anymore. And I think if you're not constantly like picking up the phone, checking social media after a while, your, your brain doesn't have that addiction intensity at least anymore. Uh, Very true about the kids though. I see it in my younger daughter, right? She spends more time on her phone than I would like. I definitely, you know, can see some benefit in being um, very knowledgeable in the technologies that are associated with it. But conversely, you know, seeing her, monitor what some of her friends are up to and what they're doing and it is obvious like you said the effects that that has on people where some kids are participating in something while others are not it definitely has some lasting effects and it's difficult to you're you're fighting you know what everybody else is doing 
Um, for a while, we, we had the turn off the location services. Nobody needs to know this um, kind of stuff. You know, the other thing, the iPhone has the, the read receipt on it where you can see when somebody reads it. Like, I, I saw they read it and they didn't get back to me. These things, these things are not helpful. This real-time information with people, especially at that age when your identity is so important, it's very, it's very difficult. I get so mad when you don't get back to me. <laughs> uh, that's why I tell everybody I know to turn that off. You, you, you have no idea how long it takes me to read your text, Mike. <laughs> I can't see the status of my text <laughs> message if it's been read, delivered, or deleted. <laughs> or edited nowadays. <laughs> uh, the last thing I wanted to mention to you um, uh, before we put an end to this <laughs> lame call, you had mentioned something to me the other day about a friend who was contemplating, or I think he even took the plunge already, of becoming a full-time writer. And I was thinking, it feels like every other day I come up with you know something that I want to be an expert in or, or want to learn and, and, and want to do, and I just, they're all great ideas. It's kind of sad that there's just not enough time in the day or the week or even in life you know, to even tackle some of these things. And, and it's not like uh, it's a short attention span or I'd lose interest in things. You know, there's a piece of me that, that would love to be able to try so many things. And uh, just because of life in general, you know, it's a little saddening sometimes that, uh, you know, you don't think you can get to some of them. Do you, do you experience that at all? Is that just, is that just me being crazy or, or do you feel that from time to time? I am still looking forward to retirement so I can do 1 million things. Uh, I am definitely not slowing down and I have the exact same feelings you do. Uh, it seems like the more interested I get in things, the, uh, the more I want to do them. And this podcast is a perfect example. And we, we even talked about this before too. And my, my friend, Rich, my oldest friend, Rich, I've known him since second or third grade. I can't remember. He, he's embarking on, uh, you know, going full time, just doing some writing and he's figuring out how to do that and going through the process. And the key and the advice is, you know, just start doing something, get the ball rolling. And it is difficult with a full schedule and you start out small, do something. We, we talked about not having a lot of overhead if you're doing some writing or you're doing a podcasting or you know, photo, video or other stuff that you're interested in where you don't have um, expensive overhead if things don't go well and you sort of ease into it. And the nice thing too, you know, kids start to grow up. They, they're more autonomous. Turns out they don't want to hang out with you as much after a while. And soon they'll leave. So it's great to have these hobbies and things, but you're exactly right. Battling the daily schedule is a challenge. But I think a lot of people use that as an excuse, too, to not do some really cool, fun stuff they're missing out on. So uh, my advice is uh, jump off the cliff. Just do it. You will figure it out. I promise you will figure it out. Just go. Tip of the week right there. <laughs> yes. There you go. See how I dropped that in? That was master. I led you to the water, Rich. <laughs> I didn't even see it coming. Dude, we are clicking now. <laughs> That's unfortunately, despite clicking, I'm out of bullets. <laughs> are there any other relatives that set themselves on fire? <laughs> no, there's there's none none that I know of. Uh, but I'll tell you one quick story, too. This is the last one. Not about fire, but, man, talking about that old generation. While my uncle set himself on fire, I think about, like, some of the stuff my grandfather used to do. And I, I remember... I don't know if it was for the lawnmower or the car, but back then, you know, siphoning gas was like a thing. <laughs> and uh, and it would happen so often, people like my grandfather would have a short hose hanging up in the garage that was typically used for just siphoning. And I remember 
I don't know what it was, but he needed to get some gas and something. And while he's smoking a cigarette, he took the cigarette out of his mouth, put the hose down into the tank, put it up against his mouth, sucked on it till the gas started coming out, put the hose in the container, spit the gas out of his mouth, and then went back to smoking (laughs) while the tank was filling up with gas. I mean, talk about badass generation. No, you're exactly right. And I, <laughs> that, that, I think that ended very abruptly with it. Who does that anymore? No, nobody, no one, no one's got the, no one's got the balls to even touch the gasoline can, <laughs> let alone put the hose up to their lips, let alone smoke a cigarette while they're doing it. <laughs> that is Holy People God. don't even want to smoke anymore, let alone smoke and siphon gas. It's funny you. I remember. Yes, there were relatives who just. It was commonplace. They had, a, you know, gas cans laying around. Oh, I got to move it over to the the, the lawnmower. The tractor needs something. I'm going to take something out of my yeah. truck. And like, that is just a foreign concept today of like managing gas yeah. and and <laughs> putting petroleum in your mouth. Yeah, and and gas was like eight cents a gallon back then too can you imagine can you imagine if that generation was alive now when gas hits like five dollars and change forget about it they would be siphoning gas <laughs> all day long from anywhere they can get it from uh but Hardcore. yes uh, society seems to have moved past that and i guess that's good <laughs> i don't know but that was a badass generation oh no doubt yeah there's nobody alive today that would uh, uh well there may be there may be some old timers who would Still uh, endeavor to do such a thing. But no, the average person you meet now will have nothing to do with that. I think those are all the notes that I kind of put together for uh, for today's show. No, I think we had some laughs. We touched on some topical, serious stuff. You still there? Oh, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I thought you were gone for a second. I thought we... I, thought I think the audio is flaking out. This is where the shenanigans really start. At the yeah, end of the show. of course. My birthday present to you will be to publish the April 26th show while you are out on 518. Celebrating. Oh, I can't wait. While you're out celebrating, I will I'm going to publish that show. I'm going to wait for Sweet. my wife to roll over and go to sleep. And I'm going <laughs> I'm going to have the laptop already on so she doesn't have to hear it power up. I'm going to open the lid, dim the screen light, oh, and then just work quietly while she's asleep next to me. She'll never know. She'll have no idea. It's, it is so funny. My wife will wake up out of a sound sleep just to see what the hell I'm doing. And then <laughs> he's doing something. I know he is. <laughs> what are you doing? Go to sleep. <laughs> and I'm always like, if you're asleep, why does this bother you? <laughs> I'm changing the channel. And the remote is so quiet. I have a blanket over it. So it's even <laughs> muted. And I'm trying to change the channel. And it goes, you know, it's just loud enough. And it's as, it's as like I'm. It's like I'm banging on a bass drum in the middle of the bedroom. <laughs> it's so disruptive to her. What are you doing? You cannot be changing the channel right now. <laughs> and I'm like muting the remote so it's it's not making a loud sound. I'm barely moving. The slightest thing wakes her up. God bless you. Hey, uh, speaking of bass drum, talk about the snare drum real quick. Oh, Those photos yes. were sick. Yeah, that's, uh, that is the new... Uh, Thomas Starphonic aluminum snare drum that I waited five months for. So birthday gift from my dad, uh, and it finally arrived just a, a few days ago, and it, it sounds great. Bright yet dry. It's got a nice crack to it. Single ply head sounds great. It looks killer, uh, but I, I think you need to you need to dial it up and do some recording. I got to hear that thing. 
and and my wife did something nice too. So she knew that it was going to be arriving. Uh, she didn't know when. And her mom was here, and her sister-in-law was here picking her up. And there was some commotion, and the snare drum came, and she took it and she hit it on the other side of the couch, and she waited for everybody to leave, so I can then open it up in some peace and quiet instead of because she knew if if. I, as soon as I would see it, I'd want to open it up and there'd be like a whole bunch of commotion. So she thought I'd probably enjoy it more if no one was, was around. So she waited till they left about an hour or so later and then gave it to me, which was really nice. That is super cool. That's as nice as giving her a booby mug on camera. <laughs> exactly. It's, it is the, the equivalent of handing her a booby mug while she's on a Zoom call. <laughs> um, your video, <laughs> I had to force myself not to laugh. It looked like you had... Um, like a chill or something, because you were completely still. I don't know if you could see me. Can you see me? No, I had to turn the camera off. Oh, actually, man. that must have been. It. If you could turn the camera on, yeah, I will demonstrate what just happened. <laughs> so you went like this, and then you went <laughs> really, really quick. It was so funny. You went... No, something's going on because I didn't hear any of your story. You said. My wife did something oh. really nice for me, and I heard, oh, and then I came home, and I was like, dude, just run with it. So I put the little tag joke at the end, but I actually heard nothing of the story. So, All right, Well, hopefully it made it, to, uh, made it to tape, as they say. I can't wait to hear it for real the next time. Yeah. I'll have to catch, <laughs> have to wait. catch it on the next episode. <laughs> yeah. With my bottleneck, it'll be, it'll be July or August before I get to that. But no, I got I to gotta get on top of this stuff. Our, our viewers are getting antsy. Rightfully so. All right, man. Good run. Uh, uh, yeah, this is great. I'm going to uh, gonna go so I can give my wife some sleepy time tea so she can fall asleep <laughs> and I can finish editing the last show. Delicately put some big earmuffs over so you can use that remote. <laughs> the mask. I'll put the eye mask on. Tuck around. I'll put some smooth jazz on. Some Kenny G. <laughs> some Kenny G. I'll spray. What's that little like? Um, Lavender. You know, that little... The little lavender I'll spray on the sheets. Make her a turkey a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Turkey sandwich and some warm milk. You checked I'll all light. the boxes. I'll light a eucalyptus candle. Oh, man. Yeah, should be good. Should be good. Should be asleep in like four or five hours. Yeah. She'll be too suspicious. She'll think something's up and never go to sleep. I don't trust this guy. This is unlike him. This clown is up something's to something. Something's going down. Something's going on. I'm not going to have it. I'm like, no, really. All I want to do is edit some audio. <laughs> That's the lamest reason for being so secretive ever. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just want to edit some audio. All right, yeah, man. We'll see how far we get. That's, All right. That sounds good. All right, I'm going to go. But this was fun as always, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Go on, smash that like button.